What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Longer Life Podcast. As always, I am your host, Joe Longa, and I'm super stoked and grateful to have you all here today. On the show today, guys, we have Jesse Boudreaux. I like to call him Jesse Tree. That's what he calls himself. Uh, That's what I put in the description because I just think that's the coolest name on earth. Um, He is at the life cultivationist with underscores which will be linked in the description if you want to go follow jesse on instagram uh, which i highly suggest because jesse is a permaculturist um amongst many other things and we'll discuss all those in the episode but jesse is someone who i look up to in the aspect of uh, how he's created such a symbiotic relationship with his life and mother earth Uh, He's gotten back to what I consider our roots as human beings and understanding that we are built from this place. And if we can use the tools that the, this mother earth has has provided for us to live and, and in turn, we help her live better. There's this beautiful relationship that's created and which allows for longevity, vitality, and so much more. Uh, and Jesse and I really go into a lot about how that all works, what he does, his practices, um, permaculture itself. He talks a lot about what it takes to heal soil, how, how you, no matter where you live, can create your own permaculture garden that can help feed you and your family. And from what he said, a lot more than that, in a small space, you can grow a lot of food. So this is a cool episode. I think this is something that is going to be the future for humanity, um, really spending a lot of time growing and cultivating their own food sources in their own homes. So this is uh, an important episode to me personally, because it's something I would love to know how to do better and more efficiently and uh, more in synergistic relationship with Mother Earth. So I also want to uh, apologize for the audio. It's a little spotty. Jesse is in New Mexico. I'm all the way here in Massachusetts. Um, There was a little bit of internet issues, so the sound may be a little less good than it normally is, and there may be some... uh, some breaks in some of the audio and i apologize for that but it's still really awesome great episode and uh, i still think you're going to get an amazing amount of information out of it i'm super grateful to everybody who's gone over to itunes and left a review um, or comments i'm so grateful for you guys that's really how the uh, algorithm for itunes sees that people are listening and it allows for more people to listen which is uh the goal is so that way people can learn about how to be better humans to themselves and to our beautiful planet also wanted to thank everybody who's gone and donated to the show it's absolutely something that means the world to me um i've also noticed that some people are having a hard time discovering where to do that so if you are listening on itunes which it seems most people are or apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now there's going to be a little button right under the description that says details it's very small if you click that details button a menu will open up with all of the links that i've put in for the show and uh, there'll be links in there for Jesse stuff um, and there'll also be a link in there to help support the podcast it'll say support podcast here if you click that link it'll open up to a website scroll down to support and you'll be given some options on how you can support the podcast anything you can do helps I'm so grateful there's obviously no obligation Um, it's just something that uh, I need to do to get this podcast to continue to keep rolling the way it is. There's also a link for my Venmo account there too, Um, or should I say just my Venmo name, not a link. So if you have Venmo and you'd like to donate that way too, there's uh, that option as well. 
Um, super appreciate it. I literally cannot even come up with the words to tell you how much I actually appreciate that. It means the absolute world to not just me, but my entire family. So thank you so very, very much. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for you guys as usual. Get excited. Um, take a deep breath. Get out a notebook if you'd like. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this awesome conversation I had with Jesse Boudreaux, or as I love to call him, Jesse Tree. Oh, dude, it's it's a blessing and uh, it's a it's a lesson constantly. I nonstop learning. Yes. yes, always. So, how have you been, my friend? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for connecting up with me and chatting with me. I've been wanting to reach out, you know, and connect in more with you because I just loving your vibe and everything you're up to and that, you know, good information you're putting out, you know, loving it, loving it. So. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Same here, man. I, every, everything about what you do, the Qigong, the permaculture, just not, not, not for nothing, man, but you have a candor about like just your, the, your cadence and the way you speak. It's very relaxing. So I just enjoy listening to your message just in the, in your delivery. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. That's what I'm going for, you know, that vibe, that chill vibe. I think yeah, that's man. Keep going forward. I totally agree, especially in that we're in chaotic times, so staying as calm as possible has a tendency to produce much better results than hopping on the I'm going crazy train, you know. <laughs> Get drop out of that flight or flight, you know, and just keep in our natural resonance. Totally, man. So I'd love to talk about uh, like what you got going on, man. Basically, I'd love to know your story because I know you do permaculture. You do you get your qigong that you do. I love I love that 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 stuff is like really changing. Surprising how much just swinging your body really releases things. It's actually kind of phenomenal. But just tell everybody your story. I'd love to know more about it because I don't know how you got to where you're at. So, okay, well, I. You know, there's so many parts and pieces, you know, how it is trying to tell a story. I was super tangential line, too. So, like, I'll get back on track if I, like, waver. No worries, <laughs> um, man. But I guess really what it all started with was my earliest memory, actually, which was I was hiking with my dad up in the forest, um, and I fell asleep on his shoulders, and I woke up, and I was uh, – at the ski hill and there's this field of flowers and trees all around me and i basically had the feeling i was like okay cool i made it i'm in heaven you know wow. and it was profound it was like a strong memory that's been with me ever since and i kind of attribute that to my first you know calling from the plants mm. also but it's also but it you know connects in with my spiritual calling and my you know health self-care practice and a lot of things mm -hmm. but that was you know a uh, initiatory experience for me just growing up I had a lot I was lucky enough to grow up uh here in northern New Mexico where it's very you know pristine and beautiful natural environment you know we spend a lot of time growing up in the mountains you know and uh I was look you know it's interesting the way the universe sort of shapes your life sort of shapes itself you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where I was getting my, my folks split and my mom 
mom remarried a man who was an amateur botanist and he was always just like putting botanical latin in my ear and telling me about plants and stuff and at the time i was into like skateboarding and you know hip hop and i was like (laughs) it was was just with the plant life you know so um geez yeah Uh, so i grew up you know in northern mexico in a town called los alamos where they built the atomic bomb um interestingly and uh where ten thousand native americans used to live and so there were all these like you know caves all around and we'd hike around and as you know teenagers and experiment with you know vision plants and you know leave tobacco offerings in the caves and it was really awesome and profound to like be able to be connected with that i grew up going to native american dances regularly my mom would take me to the you know the dances and see just the different seasonal dances and that was it's a really interesting place to grow up in that way and there was this sort of connection to spirit that was a thread you know for me uh big time i think it is for everyone we all have i mean we're all a spirit essentially which essentially connects with that word spiral or fire you know mm. <clears throat> that's what i love about what you do man you connect all, you connect all the dots and that stuff is so profound for me. Uh, I think it, it's connections I've just been seeking in my, you know, growth and, and expansion. And it's, you know, medicine. I, I see these, you know, we've been studying, you know, uh, plant medicine. We've been studying alchemy. We've been studying, you know, Qigong, as you uh, said. Um, I've been uh, experimenting with, quote unquote, breatharianism or not experimenting. I'm pretty far along into that. Um, process, which is essentially just a very interesting practice. Um, I'll share more about that because that came on later. <laughs> just okay. to, just yeah. to keep my tangential mind. Yeah, I'm on the same together. way. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so growing up, you know, in the midst of that was really cool, you know, and really formed me, you know, in terms of like trying to understand myself in the context of essentially a suburban white town that made the a-, a bomb in the place where all this natural beauty and native culture was. And, you know, um, both those threads had an influence on my, my early life. So, you know, and science and study, you know, that was a very, a very scientific sort of upbringing in the town I grew up in. So that was all interesting, you know, um, in, uh, you know, high school, like, I started experimenting with vision plants, uh, beginning with cannabis and psilocybin. And those were really transformative and helped lift me up through uh, depression um, and uh, things I was working with. And at some point along, my sister was like, you want to get high, try meditation. And uh, that's when I started breath work. And that was when I was about 18, you know. Um, I'm 43 now, so I've been doing breath work for about 25 years. And to me, I don't know how people get through a day, especially these days, without breath work. Like, I need the consciousness back down into that center where we have our strength and our stability. So, yeah, so I started experimenting with that in college as well. Always had this uh, affinity for... In college, I studied a lot of like uh, Taoism and 
you know, Buddhism and Sanskrit. And I kind of wavered around for a while as a musician, you know, and I was just trying to figure it out, you know, those years where you're just kind of stum- failing forward and moving around trying to smack into your destiny, you know? <laughs> yeah, true that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it was a transformative and awesome time in my life. I totally remember it fondly, even though there was like these hard parts. Mm. And, you know, it took some time to growing more into my adulthood that I realized these experiences of depression and difficulty I were going, was going through was, you know, in large part connected with my dietary practice and the things I was consuming with my mind in terms wow. of things I was listening to and watching on TV, like video games, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we, we are more than we, we feed our bodies. We're also what we feed our, our thoughts, you know. Totally. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a normal growing up. Uh, my wife and I met and we were uh, both, it was interesting in our story because both of us had decided, never mind, on relationships. And that's when we ran into each other. I think that's often kind of what happens, you know. That's a beautiful it's way to like, meet, man. That's a beautiful way to do it. <laughs> sort of release that clinging, you know, and drop into your own life, you know, and then you're mm. with someone for uh, their increasing your integrity with their integrity and not energy, you know, vampirism or weird things that show up, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. So, you know, that was, you know, beautiful and like blessed the way it kind of came around. We were just like totally like, well, I guess we're going to do this, you know. And we both had a lot of love for nature and music. And so that's what we would spend our time doing is hiking around in the forest and playing music and, you know, uh, what have you. Still eating junk food and everything. And then, yeah, this transformation came, you know, moreover, my wife was very, uh, I had this depression and I had sought out acupuncture and uh, vegetarian diet and you know more meditation and stuff and that was totally my healing and then you know fast forward to when my wife and i met she kind of brought me back onto that loop i mm. kind of dropped nutrition got back into kind of the normal flow my friends were doing and everything and um so at that from that place we started you know working more also with just this shared love of plants and natural medicine natural healing um and nature in general so then i went to after college i went to a permaculture design school called ecoversity where they had like an expanded uh course and mentorship program um so i could learn because that was something that came through to me also with the vision experiences of my youth is that clearly our direction and the way that we are approaching our relationships with each other and with the natural world is like completely flipped upside down and wrong. Totally. totally. We're all supposed to be in honor and integrity of one another. That's mm-hmm. what we're all family. That's how it's supposed But I felt this deep feeling that that was the case and that it was all askew, you know, mm-hmm. and I had this deep need or wish to heal the earth, heal people and heal myself, you know, heal myself first because you really can't heal anyone else until you're healed. Right. You know, and until you have an understanding based on some practice, you know, that actually works, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you don't really have anything to offer, you know, 
And so it was many, many, many years of, you know, I went to this permaculture school. I worked with different landscapers. We, you know, grew market gardens. We grew, you know, oyster mushrooms. We grew you know, all kinds of, you know, things and did all kinds of jobs, construction and like whatever we could to just like, you know, cobble. And my wife's a weaver. Like she grew up in this valley, you know, gathering plants and weaving and being in this, you know, connection with this place. And so after college, my folks helped us secure this this piece of property where we're at now. Um, uh, maybe I can show you with the computer in a little bit, um, the permaculture farm that we've been developing over many years of, uh, you know, homesteading permaculture practice, you know, combined with uh, creating a livelihood out of this. We've been teaching and sharing with people. Um, went to a school for herbalism, the uh, evolutionary school of herbalism um, uh, that's taught by Sage Apopam up in the Northwest. He's amazing, very studied, very practical, and very good herbalist and alchemist. Um, and so, you know, it's just been this like going for this thing has been snowballing more and more and, you know, including my health practice, you know, I had this healing crisis. I had issues with gluten and, you know, cheese and wheat and, you know, meat even like, and I had to shed all that. And I've had this huge transformation since then to where I'm at now is I eat, uh, just, I drink liquids. Uh, I don't really eat anymore except, you know, with the kids, sometimes I'll have some chips or like, you know, I'm still connected with my family. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's part of a spiritual progression path I'm working on, but it's part of the phase of life. I'm in my householder mm -hmm. phase. Uh, so I honor these little places where it sneaks in and don't get too hard on myself. Yeah, you know? man. That's honestly really unique. Cause I, I find myself when I particularly <laughs> Like, and I get locked into something and stay locked into it. You know what I mean? And I can get the intuition that there's something telling me maybe I should make a shift. And sometimes I'll resist that shift when I know it's like needs to be there. Like it really is uh, amazing to hear that you've been able to accomplish this, you know, just drinking your food is, 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 is difficult, you know? Well, it is, you know, so, this is a whole another broad, you know, expansive subject. This one thing, this is where the juices of my life, my personal inner life right now is the cultivation of this practice that is essentially acknowledging that we're energy beings primarily. Mm. It's not like you just stop eating food and, you know, it's all about discipline. And, uh -uh, right? This has been a 10 year transformation, starting with sun gazing, meditating, dietary change, slowly working and fasting, you know, uh, brahmacharya practice, which is, you know, uh, being aware and protective and, you know, not spilling your seed too often, too much, some of the best of your cellular material. And the more it recirculates, the more um, sort of potentized you become, um, man and woman alike, if your, your sexual fluids um, ripen within you. And that's why, you know, a lot of the monastic traditions and everything across the world you know, they, you know, I had this thing of celibacy, mm -hmm. you know, so this thing comes around through, you know, dedication and many years. And it's not like it wasn't for me, it wasn't like, I'm going to be a breatharian. It started with, I feel shitty. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. Know? 
and I was just trying stuff, you know, and the thing of it is, is consistency. You know, we all know what's best for us. You know, what's difficult is to stay consistent because like you're saying, like, you know, it's good, easy to lock in um, and the neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm-hmm. So if we can, you know, entrain to a relaxed adaptive state, then we don't go through, you know, those problems and not judging like, you know, what's, what's showing up. Like, you know, um, my, well, that was a great thing. My teacher, you know, told me was he, cause I was well along on this path and he was like, you need to eat with your family. And I was like, but I'm trying to do this. And he's like, it's not about that. You're going to regret not being more connected with them in future years. Yeah. That's it's, it's, it's about enjoyment along the way. It's about health and enjoyment along the way. And for me, it's health of the land and health of my community and health of myself that brings me that joy, you know. And It's like I, symbiosis. You know, much more symbiosis versus uh, pendulum swinging heavy to one side and resting there. It's like a, it, like a much more landing in the middle with a small swing back and forth, you know. And they actually say that about meditators. You know, they've done research on this and it's like a lot of people, their emotions swing, you know, and their mind goes like this, you know. Meditator learns to like make this little wave, you know. Um, so you come up a little bit, a little bit down. You're not like, well, everything's great. Oh no, it's terrible. You know. Yeah, man. They say life is like, you know, is this sine wave and it connects with this thing of energy, you know, of like, you know, the Tibetans will if you're up, watch out, because you're going down, you know. Mm. And if you're down, don't worry, because you're going up. Mm. It's just this movement of mind and movement of energy. We are all a part of this huge resonant frequency field you know that is affecting our electromagnetic body which is our consciousness and so um learning in to you know tap into that the wave of the doubt you know not having those judgments on experience has been a huge part of my learning and growth you know and it's it's not like you know fully ripened surely you know it's <laughs> there's lots to do still. oh yeah the layers the layers always have to get peeled back myself i've been going through a recent time and i feel like i'm at the tail end of it but i've been doing deep work for a long time and i hit this patch of just like oh my god everything just feels not good and i normally would have gone a lot longer in that state but because of the work i'm doing i noticed it and i actually welcomed it for the first time and tried to learn a lot more this time than most times even though it was wicked uncomfortable <laughs> i felt it really amazing i felt it amazing to witness myself from the dark and not judge it in a way that it's it's bad more along the lines of it's here for some sort of purpose which has been transformational so it, it again it's like to your point of shrinking the wave because if i had went the other way and thought it was bad i would have dipped way way low and, you know, and then it would have probably went away and I would have went way, way high. But now I've recognized that both of those extremes have a tendency to cause ripples in other places that don't necessarily aren't coherent ripples and they mess everything up, you know. And it's so interesting to connect that with like permaculture with what you do, too, because it's like we've swung so heavily to one side of the spectrum of like, 
oh, we can grow a crop like this. Let's just monocrop it and like grow a ton of it to that extreme. And the extreme is now showing us that like, okay, now we're getting to a place where we might dip way down to the other extreme. Let's land in the middle. You know, everybody's front yard could be a garden that feeds right. them, you know? This is my whole like mission, you know, I'm way into this Taoist thing, as you can totally tell, you know, and of life cultivationism, you know, that we can cultivate our life cultivate the life of land and the life of people outside of us. And that's much more naturalistic to human psychology and human well-being, you know, and that we have been in this, you know, a typical acre of, you know, you were saying a, a monocrop field has way less food in it than a typical acre of forest by many, many factors and degrees. And also not as much, you know, medicinal nutrient rich food. So that's part of, you know, the magic of permaculture is we can actually through this design science that, you know, they're doing massive scale projects with this now. Um, we can rehabilitate land and we can regrow forests and we can re that breath, especially, you know, this, this speech about breath, us talking, you know, about breath. It's so fundamental. It's more even fundamental than food. And we've been destroying our forests. This is the source of our breath. So if we take it upon ourselves as a, you know, a matter of collective international security for the generations to come, you know, we should be planting forests all across the, the world and we should be growing our food, like not growing grass, you know, um, food has to travel this great distance and all the while it's lost its bioelectricity, it's lost its nutrient density, it's water, everything it's, you know, and we're involved with this company that has this high vibe you know, food that we oh, share, yeah. you know, which is great, um, you know, to have these kinds of tools that we can share, you know, with, you know, so yeah, that's the jams, man. I, I just feel like it's fun too. It's like, to me, you know, we could come with all these poor tenses. Like I was young, you know, that we create together because, you know, that is the first organ that forms is our heart. You know, we're a heart being primarily, and it's when we're not in that unity, vibration, and love where things get skewy. And so it's like these practices of, you know, meditation and cultivating your own mind. I think that's actually more important than cultivating uh, your physical health or the land. First, your own mind. You know, they all connect in. So you have to do them all. Um, we're not separate from, from the earth. You know, the, the microbiome of the soil out there is the same microbiome in your stomach that feeds your consciousness serotonin and norepinephrine and all these you know chemicals mm -hmm. that stabilize mental health you know now as we monocrop too don't we lose those essential vitamins and minerals in the soil? especially with the methodologies you know that are current you know with spraying of glyphosate and chemical agriculture glyphosate works because it kills the microbes in the soil. It's actually an antibiotic. That word antibiotic means anti-life, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so when you absorb some of that into your body, it even kills the microbiome inside of you, mm. you know? And so the products that we share, you know, can replenish that. You can do that in a variety of ways. You can go eat dirt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You can eat fresh vegetables that haven't been washed. You can make ferments. You can, you know, drink kombucha. You can, um, there's all these methods of self-empowerment where we can reclaim 
our health that way. And then the methods of permaculture, like, um, you know, our uh, teach the sort of founder of permaculture challenges his students to make grow eight acres of food on one acre. Oh, because you're growing it like a forest. You're not because you're stacking it up. You have an overstory that's you know food, you know, or uh, if not a food tree, it's doing stuff for the soil, you know. And then an understory, same same thing, you know, a shrubby layer, herbaceous layer, you know. So that it's stacked vertically, not just horizontally. Um, and so, um, and that also sequesters carbon. A tree will sequester way more carbon than kale, you know. Um, with our monocrop, you know, mentality, even with organics, um, you know, um, and there's things that are all the things that we grow commercially tend to have uh, been hybridized and grown out of wild, you know, uh, predecessors that have more nutrient density, more medicinally rich, you know, phytochemistry, uh, you know, um, and that actually heal our bodies, you know, and part, a lot of them are, you know, weeds that we pull out of our garden or we spray glyphosate on to kill. Mm. They're actually Here. considered like cover crops, right? Well, there's actually, there's 13 plants that cover, that follow the human footprint uh, everywhere where we disturb soil that can totally feed the people, you know, and there are a, a lot of the things that we pull out of our gardens like dandelion and chickweed and purslane and, you know, mallow and, um, See if I can name them all. <laughs> um, not off the top of my head, but it's a know, lot. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's to me, it's this awesome idea of pronoia. It's something that I've stumbled upon in the years of like foraging and stuff. You go out into the forest, and it's like ninety-five percent medicine. You know, mm, mm. and it's like the actual definition of superfood <laughs> because it's coming from it's it's environment like it's 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 untainted it's not there's no it's done its job and it's living so therefore it's strong so when you eat it it's it you're getting that strength you know that's what it seems like i love that it's me you know we're like computers and this wild these wild plants are like high density like really potent information that we can inform ourselves with, you know, they're agents of change. And we'll, that was my experience when I started working with adaptogenic herbs and, and, and diet and stuff is like, I felt more ennobled as time went on. I became more noble because of what they imparted to me as a teaching to my body and my consciousness, you know? See, I think that sometimes that's the hardest thing for people to understand is that your food does really affect you. I think that that's, I think the new knowledge is starting to come through modern society is that as you eat your body is taking that and taking the things from the food that you put in and that's how it's behaving via the foods that you gave it and i don't think people ever correlated that for at least a very long time the average human didn't correlate that and then as people started waking up to it and making the the voice to it that hey like listen if you eat this really bad stuff it's actually going to make you feel not just bad physically but it could emotionally make you feel bad it could make you have depression like yourself like you don't realize what those types of things actually are doing to the chemicals in your body and how they actually turn on and off the chemicals in your body because if you or if you're eating something from soil that looks like cinnamon and doesn't have anything 
it has it just is dusty and it's got, you can almost just know that like you're picking up dust think of dust it doesn't have a lot of life to it then if you pick up like brownie mix you know and it's like squishy and soft and it smells good and it and it like sticks on your hands to me that's alive you know so i think that people are starting to understand that like i love that you forage for food because i feel like that is we got away from it for easiness but as a culture as a human species, our bodies are literally designed to do just that. Find and eat from the closest place to you. You know? That's that's definitely, you know, wisdom, brother. And that's what we offer, you know, in, in our classes, uh, in the sharing, is that each one of us is, you know, everyone's higher self is just as smart as everyone else's higher self in a way of speaking. You're a very uh, sensitive biochemical electromagnetic like supercomputer essentially, and you have this sense of awareness. And, and what's happened is our sense of awareness faculties have atrophied because we've been too much in the mind and you know in numbers and planning and forward, you know, and not enough dropped into the heart or the gut, you know, where we have other uh, faculties of sense awareness. Um, and you can learn through your practice with plants how to, you know, discern what's going to be medicine for you without even knowing what the plants are through certain sense meditation and, and you know, and practice. Um, they t- did this interesting study, like with bonobo monkeys. They wanted to know this thing of like, how do animals know what to eat? Like, it's, you know, an old question is like, and they always thought it was, you know, Uncle Bob ate this and he dropped dead. So we don't eat that anymore. And, you know, they took these bonobo monkeys, put them on an island where they knew none of the indigenous flora and fauna. And they found that they just knew, you know, that they just had this awareness, you know, and it's partly you smell, you know, taste, you know, on tip your tongue pretty soon, you know, you know, the, the chemical from your practice with eating the chemical you know uh profile of things that are going to be good mm-hmm. you know that's now you know as someone who teaches this and for you know a caveat of like you know um legal <laughs> uh terms don't eat something if you don't know what it is like straight up if like have two three resources what have you but there are ways in which we can open up our biology and open up our sense awareness through you know, delving into this practice, becoming more mindful of our inner state and then, and connecting with our food in that way too. So when you eat, not just, no, 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 you know, like I'm hungry. I, I crave ice cream, you know, like feel what it feels like. Go ahead and like make it a sensuous experience. You know, like it can be, it can be like sex, you know, it's like where you slow it down and, you know, this is your relationships here with it and like feel how it feels in your body after you eat it. You may go like, hey, well, that tasted great. I feel like crap now, you know, or yeah. you may go, uh, that's going to be bad for me, but I feel good. It's weird because I've noticed recently, especially after doing a cleanse that I, for, for the first time, I actually realized that when I get that little pressure in my abdomen, that it's my body telling me something about the food that I just ate. Whereas I never really associated those two things together and like it's so funny thinking back now 
of people and you go out to eat with people back when I was younger and people would like, we'd eat this great meal. And then people would be sitting in the car like, Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I'm like, now I know that what's really happened is, is you, you've done some bad stuff to your gut. That's it's, it's telling you this. You didn't, you ate too much to know what it was that made it feel like that. But now that I've slowed down, eaten one thing and then waited, I can actually see how certain, like, especially like bad oils, uh, like sunflower oil, can affect me in ways that I didn't know. Like I eat, there's this chips that I used to eat with my daughter, but I would eat it with a bunch of other stuff. And I'd always get the stomach ache. And then one day I was like, I wonder if it's the chip. So I ate the chip and I waited like a half hour and I hadn't eaten anything that day. And it's a half hour later, my, I had that feeling in the top part of my stomach. And I was like, I've got to be the chip. And these are really nice, healthy, like the best I can find chips because we try to do that, you know. And it still was there was something in that chip as healthy as it was that didn't agree with me. So now I don't eat them anymore. Yeah, man, that's totally the jams. It's great. You're dialing into your body. And that for me, the cleanse, my cleanse was, you know, not these awesome products we're able to work with that are they're bomb you know yeah yeah they are but uh it was just switching to raw food and the cleanse that happened for me it made it like reset my body so i could tell what made me feel good and what didn't make me feel good because before that it was all driven by you know just like wanting to satiate whatever craving was up and learning to distinguish between your cravings and what your body actually needs mm. And, so important. And then, and then when you do that practice of slowing down, you can also find that you don't need as much. You know, we often way overeat, you know, especially as we get older, you sort of need less more when you're building your body and you're using education years, you need that physical substance to build your physical body. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of how the breatharianism thing can work is we can open up the diaphragm through juicing and cleansing and fasting. And then, you know, the, the, the stomach shrinks, you know, you don't have as much energetic needs as you did, you know, right. and so you can go on a lot less, you know, and, but it has to come with these other practices because it's about balancing your mind. It's all kind of clear. And when you do eat, you have to make sure what you are putting in your body is nutrient dense. So that way you're not, because I, is it, now I don't know if you know this or not, because if you eat things that are not nutrient dense, Dude, your, your body will seek it inside your body, your body won't it? Totally. There's a huge, you know, sort of the epidemic of obesity that we experience here in the U.S. is largely con connected to that fat fact. We're eating foods that are low in nutrient density, low in minerals, low in rich phytochemistry. They're high in carbs, high in you know, fats or oils, you keyed into oils, oils, uh, if they're not saturated or monounsaturated, they rancify and that's, that's poison. That's just straight up poison. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's a huge part of the food supply, you know, yeah. and this thing happened where we plasticize our guts with these foods too, because they're very mucus forming. Mm -hmm. And then you don't get absorbability, you know, in your system. So even if you do eat good food, your intestines are actually not absorbing the nutrients from the good food because you've added too much of a mucus member, like membrane on the internal innards of your stomach. Absolutely. Wow. That's a trip, dude. I want to know too, if you've ever heard of this, I just heard about this recently. Um, uh, with, uh, I forget which culture did it, but they would germinate the seeds in their mouths. 
and then plant the seed. And then when that happened, it would act, the, the plant would actually like be built for the person that germinated the seed. Is that a real thing? Yes. Yeah. A lot of farmers do that. I do that. I, you, you just suck on the seed a little bit. And it's like, it's, you know, the way I view it is through this lens of like the energy thing. We're all electromagnetic beings with an electromagnetic field, you know, coming off our heart that extends 50 feet beyond our body. Every one of your cells is an electromagnetic field. Every tree, every butterfly, every, you know, the earth itself is an electro. So we're ensconced in all these electromagnetic fields. So one of those little seeds is like this little, you know, datum of information. And when you put it in your mouth, you're, you're essentially giving it a transmission of your electromagnetic vibration, you know, and what your body's specific needs are at that time. And they found this to be true. They've actually done testing, you know, uh, on, you know, and even with farmers who don't uh, suck on the seed, um, the things that farmer will grow in his field are more nutrient specific to him than they are to like everyone, because we are so unique, you know, so distinctive. And that's part of what makes us all beautiful and makes mm -hmm. this whole world beautiful is our diversity and distinctiveness. You know, what's cool is that you grew up in a place that I also spent a lot of time as a young kid with uh, in the Native American culture, my mom would bring me to <clears throat> all sorts of uh, powwows that we had locally. I'm all the way on the East Coast, but we would still have them out here, and it was awesome. And uh, there's something I always loved about the relationship with Mother Earth that that culture has, and I just noticed that there was something to it that was much. It was just like this balance of a relationship, like this understanding that if I take care of her, she'll take care of me. And all is all good because of that. And looking at our current way of being as a, as a, as a society, we've strayed so far away from that connection to Mother Earth. So in connecting to Mother Earth with our food and not only that through the meditation too, because I feel like as we slow down, we can receive Mother Earth's vibration a little bit more. Do you think that we can, if we could start as a, as, as, as a, as a society, even to just change the idea of the food, we may actually start swinging the pendulum to the way of like the natives and understanding mother earth and then mother earth will begin to heal. And then people will be less angry and there'll be less war kind of like that domino effect. I totally uh, feel that that is exactly what ha is happening right now. This whole thing, like I was describing of when you're, Oh, don't worry. You're going down when you're down. Don't worry. You're going up. Right. We're down in this deep, dark hole right now. This hole has been building for a long time. It's been, I've always said, human beings aren't bad for the earth. It's our way that's bad for the earth. Mm. Our way, naturalistically, is to be uh, amplifier life energy on the planet, you know, um, as beings of higher consciousness. And it's our karma as beings of higher consciousness that all this garbage we put into the, you know, earth. You know, we bio at the top of the food chain, we bioaccumulate it more than any other organism, you know, um, and, you know, this connection we have with, you know, even with concerning the virus, for instance, the viruses are the fundamental basis of life before, you know, viruses, fungi and bacteria have way more complicated genetic makeup than we do. They break up the soils. A large part of your biology is made by these organisms. They're all inside of you right now. You know, actually, they're 
70% or more of your body is all these bacteria, microorganisms, that virus, what have you, that are not you. And like you were saying, this med meditating, you know, if we heal first, you know, on, on both levels, I think is this, this key part of switching the pendulum. If we heal the microbiome of the soil that heals our microbiome and helps us, you know, have better health and mental resilience. If we meditate and like you said, slow down and receive the vibrations of mother earth. I, my feeling and understanding about consciousness is that our consciousness isn't ours. It's earth's consciousness. And we're like a frequency resonator. We're like a little conduit receiver transmitter of earth frequency consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, totally get totally. But yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the thing I think that once we started speeding up as a society and things became the, the things, things, I mean, that's, I mean, we're, we're an amazing species. We've been able to create just mind things. But these things have caused us to like put the gas pedal down and like to the point where all of that stuff that all the stuff we've just been talking about is like not even a thought. It doesn't even exist. It's like we're separate from this place. We're just here. We consume, 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 use it all to make all this stuff. But if we're all dead, because it, it, then the stuff is, 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 it just doesn't matter. And I, that like to your point, I think that that's what the awareness is as a population is starting to come up to. It's just like, yeah, well, no one's safe from all this, it seems. So what happens if everything's gone? Then I guess it doesn't matter. Maybe we should start really like thinking about other things that are important, you know? To me, you know, there's sort of, I see it with some, of, you know, people I know and I've seen my kids working with this too. They're like, what am I, you know, what am I looking forward to here? You know what mm. I mean? To me, that's it. We, we're not consumers. We're creators. We create houses, families, buildings, gardens, you know, we move into that vibration instead of competition, instead of like, and like you had pointed out, this externalization of our happiness, all these things around enjoyment. That's mm. reverse. Everything is flipped. Everything, everything is flipped. Your happiness is on your inside. It has nothing to do with your outside. How, you know, very little I, I won't say nothing definitely how you know being able to grow up in a beautiful clean healthy place can really affect how you versus you know the inner city you know for instance there's a lot of people go to food deserts they don't you know they just don't see that and what i want to reframe for the world you know as an idea you know at this time is that we could take on this charge of like Let's just like increase the life. Even if we're all going down, whatever, like I'm going to have more fun doing that. It feels more empowering. It feels right. You know? Right. Yeah. Instead of going down like, like that, you know, like, let's go down. Like I'm going down, like arms open. Like, let's go. Like, let's, I mean, if it's going to go down, like let's do it the best way we can while we're going down, you know, what about people that live in like the city? Like that, like, uh, you know, because I, I don't live in the city per se. I live in the center of, of, of a pretty popular populous town. There's a lot of people. Our, the farmlands that surround us are a good half hour to 45 minutes on the outskirts of where we live. So we travel to go get our food. But like, I know people who live in like New York City and Boston, like right in the middle of the city. How did those people create a biodiverse garden for themselves to eat 
You know, can, can people actually accomplish that in their small spaces? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, there's actually a really famous uh, family of homesteading permaculturists in LA, just off the highway, just near the airport. They have like a quarter acre and they grow thousands of pounds of food, enough to feed themselves and to, you know, supply local restaurants. And this is another part of a vision that us permaculturalists hold in mind is we could actually make our cities like a living cell you know, where we're, you know, we got solar panels or wind or, you know, other things up on the roofs where we got apiaries growing bee gardens, you know, and, you know, rooftop gardens, you know, we're doing food forest parks and parking lots, you know, treed streets full of food. And, you know, we could all eat for free. Yes. And grow it and share it. And we're the only plant creature on the planet that pays to live here. All the other ones just live here. Mm. Um, and think we can do that too <laughs> dude that's we're, so we're awesome <laughs> i never ever thought about that all and and they, they live here for, for i mean granted there are risk factors i guess for certain animals that are higher but there's this like again it comes back to this symbiotic relationship it's almost like the lion king perspective it's like you know He's sitting up on the uh, on the Simba sitting up there with his father, like, and he's like, "Don't we eat the the, the gazelle?" And they're like, "Yes, we do." But the gazelle eat the grass, and, it, and it, then you know, and then when we die, we become the grass. And I think we're really like starting to understand as a culture that whoa, that movie's not just a movie; it's real stuff. Like, we really are just like this constant cycle of life and death. And if we can embrace that, and not be so afraid of it, I think that the idea is is that people want to ex- stay here and live and stay here and live. And then once you understand that there may be another level to this, you might not experience it in the same way that you experience it in this particular vessel. But it's ongoing. It's on. It's always ongoing. You know that. You know, go ahead. I was going to say, I firmly believe that. I totally feel that to be the case, you know. Um, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, so that, that's sort of the, you know, idea. But I've seen even in my own life, I've born and died many times, you know, to different parts of myself, you know. And I think there's a sort of soul agreement that we come to on this planet where we're like, yep, we're here with all of our family relations and plants and animals and all that. We love them. If if I'm food, that's cool. If you're food, that's cool. We got, you know, it's this transference of energy. You know, it's just energy is just always moving and it's always just flowing. And, you know, to get to like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh was talking about this is like, if your consciousness is the ocean, and you leave it at the surface, there's all this tumult, you know, there's all these waves and everything. You can just relax into being in the ocean. Then you don't experience the waves. That's absolutely beautiful. And it's true, man. It's, we are the, we are the choice makers, I guess, in uh, understanding that being the choice maker and understanding that there are choices. You know, this way of life, I know, I think is, is intimidating for some people just because we're so conditioned to make it easy to go to the grocery store and just get all the stuff that we need. But one thing I've really discovered in my own practice is there is a much different 
you don't there's like like it's like what we talked about earlier the amount of food you have to eat changes so your amount of times needing to go to these places to get food gets less so now your convenience level gets you just made it easier already because now you're eating less foods and then when you eat this stuff it's healing your body and not causing the inverse of disease so when you actually eat you feel good and you can accomplish more instead of eating what you were eating before. And it's not making you feel good. So you eat more of it to try to feel better. The more of the food weighs you down, you get less done. It's like we're witnessing the cycle of why humans have gotten to this place of agitation, frustration, overdrive without accomplishment. And as we begin to peel back and slow down, we really begin to like live for real life. Like we live, we live, we can live in that. We can actually live free at that point because there won't be this chase for more. We'll be able to know that there's plenty here, you know, is him to get into that state of like um, contentment, you know, like we can actually have contentment. We don't have to be hungry ghosts. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a total reality. And, you know, the practice itself, you know, you're explaining the benefits and sort of this, you know, the accounting of the way the energy, you know, works. Um, but, you know, I barefoot garden, you know, if, if you're gardening, you're out there in the sun, the sun is healing your DNA. It's giving you vitamin D processing uh, cortisol because full spectrum light in your you need full spectrum light in your eyes to be able to process cortisol. You're getting better oxygenation because you're outside and you're exercising. You know, when you're touching the earth with your bare hands and your feet, you're absorbing probiotic from the soil through your skin. You know, mm. everything you do is enlivening you while you're enlivening the earth. Mm. I love it, man. Mm. Jesse, is there anything that's that's just something that you're super stoked on right now that like you're doing new and that you, that you want to tell people about. Oh man, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my main uh, conspiracy is just to heal the entire planet. That's the number one thing. Um, we're just, we're going to hit it from every single angle we can all the time with all the energy we've got. I yes. don't got anything else to do, you know, light workers unite, man. <laughs> Yeah, and this is, you know, everyone's included, everyone, everyone. You know, we cannot discard one single human being, plant, you know, bug, nothing. They all are included in this vibration on this planet. You know, we're just, we're here together. And so, you know, the big, that's the big work, you know, but actually the bigger work is just the transformation of self, the ongoing transformation of self and understanding and definitely working with tools on that, you know, um, uh, uh, the products we work with have been super helpful in my transition to more of a liquidarian lifestyle because mm -hmm. for nutrient dense. And then I can share that with other people to help, you know, replenish them and their microbiome. I've been working with, uh, something called Korean national natural farming here on my uh, land, which is essentially the same thing. Like it's growing the indigenous microorganisms, um, and feeding it to the land and increasing the fecundity of, of the land and the resilience of the plants with that. And there's like herbal tinctures you give them and these fermented plant juices. And it's all about hitting that microbiome for the soil as well. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely, this is a huge connection. Our immunity, 
that health of plants, the health of ourselves, all comes with this uh, absorption that comes through the microbiome. Mm. The symbiotic relationship, <laughs> man. So that's been super cool. The other thing, you know, with the breatharian work of, you know, just consciousness, primary, you know, I think that's the number one um, thing, you know, we could do a time permaculture. I've always said, if we just like stop going to work and meditate. Um, yes. Yes. That's a whole conversation we could have. That's a whole other conversation. We, we work, we do this whole work, 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 work. And, what is it actually getting? Because we got more people with heart disease and stress uh, mismanaged and, and just depression and anxiety. And it's like, is this all this really worth it working and working and working till you die? And then you see people like yourself who are like, yeah, you know, I stay at home and I, I farm my land. I meditate. I eat the food that I grow. Um, I sell some of the food that I grow to people who can't grow it. And I live. I'm alive, <laughs> you know, and it's simple. I make gardens for people. It, it's like, it's all the same thing every day. Basically I get up and I, you know, my son and I meditate and I, I do my Qigong and then I go to work at my garden or some other person's garden, or I go to work, you know, trying to get these nutrients and stuff to people or my herbs and my, I'll go gather herbs and we'll make tinctures and stuff and we sell those. And then, and we teach classes because we feel like this empowerment is actually something that was, it's the commons and a right of all of humanity. Everyone should be able to eat and live here and be sovereign free for free. Yes. Simple, really. It's simple. And I mean, I'm in my mud house right now that I've been building. My son and his girlfriend are moving in soon. And I built this thing for like 600 bucks, man. It was Whoa. The wood up here and the glass that costs. You know, we can build our house like a swallow out of the things, out of the natural world around us. There's skyscrapers in Iran that are like 10 stories tall that are made of mud. Yes. For 500 years. Did you see that whole community that's out in Costa Rica? They like, they're basically, every house is built like, like that. It's all built. It's just, it's all people from all different countries who came together and they live in the woods in, in, Costa Rica, everybody's front yard, everybody's yard is food. The whole compound that all these people live on is food. They all come together in a commons area, make food together, breathe together, eat together, live together. And it, this, the school for the children is by far one of my absolute favorite things because I have a two-year-old daughter and I don't want her to go to institutionalized school. I would much rather have to just learn. And this, these kids just learn. They all different ages mixed and whatever they're really into, they get to do and they get to expand on it and learn more about it. And watching these children's eyes and their excitement for what they're learning was mind blowing. The guys like the, we don't give their, our children tests. There's no tests. And I was like, Whoa, just think about how life works. Life gives you the test first. And then you learn from the lessons. Whereas in school, we try to force feed the knowledge and then you go take the test. And if you don't measure up, it's like all that work was for naught, you know? And you're no good. Bingo. Yeah. And it's this whole psychology that it turns inward on itself. Uh, instead of building oneself up, you know, and learning is natural to everyone. You're going to learn day by day. You can't not. You yep. know? Until you die. Right. And we can do it in a natural way, you know, uh, 
like Fukuoka talks about Masanobu Fukuoka says like what is it about human beings that we have this huge ambition you know uh, uh, a mountain lion will go out you know wake up late stretch you know go out you know maybe find some food or like you know maybe find a mate you know just not a lot of you know yeah, they're not ruminating on what's next, what's next, what's next. Maybe I get this done, that done, that done. What is my plan? What am I going to do? How am I going to get it? You know, like just, you know, to live and be once again as mm-hmm. human beings and not human doing. Mm-hmm. It would be a great wish, you know, in my heart to see humanity happy and healthy and in in that, you know, natural resonance that, you know, of their own integrity and their own balance. Mm-hmm. That native feel, that native feel back to Mother Earth. Jesse, I'm so stoked, man, that people like you exist, man. I'm so excited that I get to have this conversation with you and share space with you and learn from you because I feel like people like yourself are the next wave of, of like Earth's healers. Like there is, con- there, I feel like there is a, a rising of light workers who see this connection to Mother Earth and other humans and plants and animals and if we can learn to just have the symbio- symbiosis that we've discussed in this whole podcast, I really think that we will start seeing a human culture that is light years different than what we've witnessed in the past past few years, especially. So I definitely think we're in that movement. So I'm super grateful for you, man, for all the work that you do. Oh, Joe, I'm equally grateful, brother. Totally, totally. You know, it's like this has to go somewhere. I can't just have it in me and – you know, I feel there are a lot of light workers in the first wave, and then there's, you know, the successive waves. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you're at. You're like just right up, coming right up behind me, you know? Yeah, man. I love that. I love that. Jesse, where can people find you, dude, so they can connect with you, learn maybe from you, and learn how to create their own permaculture gardens, all that stuff? Where can they find you? Uh, so we have a website, uh, com is our website where we offer our classes and you know, our herbal medicines and stuff. You can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. On Instagram, I'm the life cultivationist with underscore between all those. So that's pretty much, those are all good ways to, to uh, contact me. Beautiful. And I'll link everything up in our description too so people can find you. Jesse, brother, thank you so much, man. Keep crushing it. Keep like being a, a, a an earth warrior, an, an earth healer, a light worker, everything, man. So grateful to know you, dude. And I'm looking forward to one day getting out to your spot, man. I would love to come out there and just see it, experience it, and feel it. You come. I would love that. That'd be uh, awesome. Someday, we'll man. Tribe someday, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. I love right. it. Much love, Jesse. Much love, Joe. Have a great day. You too, man. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining me on another episode of the Longer Life Podcast. I hope you just really love this conversation with Jesse and I. Again, I apologize if the audio was a little weird. I hope you still got a lot out of it. Please go check Jesse's stuff out. Follow him on Instagram. Um, like I said, if you are having trouble finding where the links are, click the little details button on the left-hand side of the episode description in iTunes and it will bring the menu down and you'll be able to see all the links available there so you can go check out Jesse's Instagram um, his Facebook all that stuff his website Um, and also if you'd like to support the podcast that'll be there too as well so thank you all so very much thank you to everybody who's taking the time out to leave reviews and support the show I'm incredibly grateful for you all I 
literally don't have enough words to tell you how much it all means to me. So thank you all so very much. I hope you all have a beautiful week. Um, and I will see you next Monday. Much love to you all. Peace.